Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Jay, and this is the Rewatch Podcast. I watch movies all the time. Then I like to rewatch them, and sometimes I'll even watch them again. It doesn't matter if they're good or bad or just downright terrible. I'm going to watch them and then tell you all about them. And sometimes I'll have special guests join me. This is the Rewatch Podcast. Welcome back to the Rewatch Podcast. I am Jay Thomas, and this week we're just going to be talking about some stuff I've been watching because I've been watching a lot of things. A lot of movies that I haven't talked about, I haven't done a podcast on, and what I've got a rewatch, kind of a rewatch. A movie I thought was a rewatch, but actually wasn't. Uh, and some new things that have been popping up on streaming that I thought uh, I'd talk about. So why don't we just go ahead and get into it? Let me grab my list here. First of all, I was born in 82. I grew up in the 90s. Beavis and Butthead were huge. Beavis and Butthead do the universe. Dropped on uh, Paramount. Uh, maybe a month ago, and I loved it. I thought it was really funny. I don't know if it's quite as good as Beavis and Butthead do America, but just the fact that I was still laughing at the same stupid jokes from those characters and that they still worked, and then even when they were bringing up stuff from like the from 2022, uh, it was still funny, and Beavis and Butthead still made sense and still worked. At least I thought so, but again, I grew up with them. I thought that was really good. Uh, if you would like to watch Beavis and Butthead do the universe, it is streaming on Paramount+. Plus, and I recommend it. I think it's very, very funny. Uh, it shouldn't be as funny as it is. Like, the, some some of the jokes, I'm like, I shouldn't be laughing at this. Like, literally, one of the very first ones is Beavis and Butthead are at a science fair, and there's this foot that goes around in circles, and Butthead makes it kick Beavis in the junk. You're not going to kick me in the nab again, are you? No, I'm not, Beavis. Those days are over. Oh, good. That's a relief. That is the best news I've heard all day. <laughs> What's that thing? It's hilarious. And then Beavis thinks he's in love and, like, he's really processing his feelings. And Butthead thinks he's being really stupid about it. And every time they fight, I crack up. So Beavis and Butthead do the universe. Recommend it. It's very good. Uh, here's a movie I definitely wanted to see a long time ago. The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. That's right, the Nicolas Cage movie where he plays Nicolas Cage. And I know somebody that did not like the movie. They said it, they said it was okay, but it wasn't that good. Uh, I, I'm going to disagree with that. I thought it was great. It's not the insane Nicolas Cage. I mean, at times, yes, it is. It's absolutely the insane Nicolas Cage. You're Nick But a movie where Nicolas Cage plays himself, uh, you think it'd be really like over the top and ridiculous. And at times, it kind of is, but it's a lot more restrained than I was expecting. Not to the point of Pig, where I thought Pig, he'd be Crazy Cage, uh, where he was a quiet character study in that one. Uh, and this, he really plays around with the myth of Nicolas Cage. And there's a lot of things that happen in it that are really, really good. Um, I don't want to get into too much of it, but Pedro Pascal is, he plays like a, a millionaire that brings Nicolas Cage to his house uh, to, for a party. And there's a lot more going on behind the scenes. And there's things involving kidnappings. And Pedro Pascal loves Nicolas Cage, loves his movies. He's written a script for him. And Nicolas Cage goes, because he's a little down on his luck, because he is trying to get a movie in the very beginning. And it, it doesn't go, and he kind of spirals from there. 
Um, but I thought this was really good because I thought it was very sincere. You you got that that the creators love Nicolas Cage without making it too winky. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't constant. Oh look, this is from that. This is from that. There are parts that that do have that, but they don't dwell on it. And I thought that made it um, a lot of fun. Like I really enjoyed it. I've only watched it once since I got it, but I do plan on watching it again very soon. Yeah, Nick Cage smooches good. You tell him, Nick Cage smooches good. Another one I could have watched a long time ago because it's been streaming on Peacock for a while. Finally got around to watching Michael Bay's latest Ambulance. Stop! Get out! What do you want? Just gonna borrow it. I got a cop shot. I gotta get him to the hospital. I'm gonna need you to help us. Why don't you help us? We're doing hostages now. We're not crashing into this ambulance. We got a brother cop on board. Do you have EMT experience? Combat three eyes. You're a soldier. Yeah. We are trying to save you. One, two. Hey! Don't you move! You think you're so tough with that gun? No, Daddy, relax. I gotta get back to my wife and my son. Does your wife know you're up, Banks? Now, the last movie that he did, I can't remember what it was called, but it was starred Ryan Reynolds and it was on Netflix. So he's been definitely hanging out in this streaming world for a while. Ambulance did go to theaters, but I think it was a, I don't think it was a same day debut. But it was definitely close to it. And Ambulance stars Jake Gyllenhaal, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II uh, from Candyman, and then Isa Gonzalez, who was in Baby Driver, and she was in that movie that came out on Netflix last year about the lady that takes care of old people and like screws them out of money. She's been in a couple other things. Anyway, I really like her. And uh, I think she's she seems pretty good in a movie like this. I mean, she plays an EMT, and Jake Gyllenhaal and Yaya Abdul-Mateen are brothers. They're like adopted brothers. And Jake Gyllenhaal's always been a bit more shady. The dad was real shady, and he's more of a criminal. And Yaya's been trying to keep his, keep his nose out of all that business. And he just had a baby, and the wife is sick, so he needs money and the job that he wanted to do didn't come through. So he's got to work with his brother. That's kind of a scumbag that uh, deals in like, I I think it's like stealing cars. Like he robs things and, um, but he's got this big idea for a heist and like a bank robbery. And I think one of the coolest things in this is once it's all agreed upon, then you meet these uh, police officers that go into the bank because one of them has a crush on uh, the teller. And he's like, you know what? I'm finally going to, I'm finally going to go up to her and, so he goes, and Jake Gyllenhaal opens the door. So literally, the heist has already happened. Like we've we totally they totally went right past the heist, uh, and then the, uh, somebody gets injured, and they have to escape in an EMS van. <coughs> EMS van, Jay, you idiot! It's a it's an ambulance. <coughs> got Isa Gonzalez in it. She's the main EMT, and it's Jake Gyllenhaal and Yaya Abdul Mateen in there. And it kind of becomes Speed. Like, this movie is kind of Speed 3. And I love Speed. I do not like Speed 2. And I don't really like this movie that much. It's okay. I don't know why Michael Bay has to have every one of his movies last over two hours. But it's a bit ridiculous. That said, this isn't the worst Michael Bay movie I've ever seen. This is this is better than all of the Transformers that he made. It, it has some good action moments. 
It's got some like, are these brothers gonna go against each other? Are they on the same side? Like that's that's not bad. Like there are moments that are pretty good. Jake Gyllenhaal seems like he's having a good time being uh, primarily the bad guy in the movie. And I like again, I I think I say this every time Yaya's in one of these movies, in any of the movies that I talk about. I really like that guy. I think he gets better with every role that he's in. Uh, there's some other people in this that I liked, like uh, Garrett Dillon Hunt. He plays uh, one of the police captains. He's been in a bunch of stuff I liked. He's in Deadwood. He was in uh, the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Yes, the Terminator show. Don't make fun of me. It's good. Even my wife likes it, and she doesn't like a lot of things. But it's a good, it was a good show. Uh, and then he, he was in Raising Hope. If you've never watched Raising Hope, I highly recommend it. If you liked uh, My Name is Earl, it's basically in the same like universe. It's not, but it definitely feels like it, and uh, there's nothing wrong with that. So Ambulance, I, I think it's still on Peacock. Give it a, you can give it a shot. It's it's not a bad movie to watch, like, in the middle of the day if you have nothing to do. You know, like, it's it's a it's a fine action movie. I mean, it's got some good shootouts in it. And like I said, it's it's like Speed. I mean, it's a lot like Speed, but not as good. <laughs> so, right, it's fine. Whatever. It's Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Uh, the movie The Princess uh, debuted on Hulu with Joey King. It's a movie about Joey King who plays this princess. There's these people taking over the kingdom, and she was supposed to marry this guy that's kind of a douchebag. Uh, it's a guy from, from Preacher, and he played uh, Howard Stark. I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but he comes in, and he's going to take over this kingdom, and she's locked in a tower, as you know princesses tend to do sometimes. And it turns out she knows martial arts and is a kick-ass fighter. And it basically becomes the Raid or Dread, the uh, the Judge Dread sequel, where it's basically her fighting down this castle against all the bad guys. Like, it's like a video game level amount of bad guys that she just mauls through. I'll never stop until I'm holding You're still beating hard. I'm the princess. And sometimes it gets very violent, and I like that. I'd hoped it would have gone a little bit more with this, like, blood spraying and stuff like that. I mean, that I think that does happen a couple times, but it's a little restrained at times. But she's really good in this. Like, I, I've known her from, like, TV shows, and I think she was in the first Conjuring, and she's been in a couple other horror movies, and I think she's in that Netflix movie, The Kissing Booth. I think it's Netflix. She handled action pretty good. Like, it was fun to watch her. It was fun. Like, it, I don't think it was as good as I'd hoped it would be. But it was still far better than I liked it better than Ambulance. I would I would definitely rewatch The Princess before I'd rewatched Ambulance. Um, it was enjoyable. I got around to finally watching the Bob's Burgers movie once it hit Hulu and HBO Max. Mm, that feels nice. I know, I know. Don't rub my sesame seeds off. I won't. Don't worry. They're a cute couple. Eh, I give them a year. And I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was really fun. I love Bob's Burgers, the show. So I, I think this was kind of naturally I would like this one. The weirdest thing is that we were on the same story for an hour and a half, a little more than an hour and a half. And usually you're used to the 20-minute the thing, or maybe there's a couple episodes in a row. That's sort of what this felt like, a couple episodes smashed together, uh, to, but it's all one story. That was weird for me. Like, that kind of threw me off. But I'm not going to put that against the movie. Uh, I thought it was really fun. I loved seeing... The Belchers. I was going to say on the big screen, but I even watched it in my bedroom. That's not even the biggest TV I have. But it was very fun. I enjoyed it quite a bit. 
I would definitely watch that again. Of course, I say that, but I don't think I ever rewatched the Simpsons movie. And I love the Simpsons, at least for a time. I love the Simpsons. The next thing I watched was Studio 666. That is the Foo Fighters horror movie that they made in secret during the pandemic. How you feeling? Everything okay? Ever since we moved into this house, my mind is flooded. We all have writer's block. This is not just a creepy rock and roll house. It allows spiritual entities to cross into our world. You know what? I wasn't disappointed in it. It's what you'd imagine. It's a movie made up of mostly not actors doing a, a like a horror movie, a possession movie, where they're in this haunted house that, um, I mean, it just looks like a regular house in, in the Hollywood Hills, and uh, murders have happened there before, and Dave Grohl gets possessed, and one by one gets more aggressive, gets a little crazy, and eventually wants to kill everybody in the band. Some do die, some don't die. Uh, Whitney Cummings is in it, which I, I'm not usually a big fan of hers, but I actually laughed out loud at a couple things that she did. Um, the gore, when this movie gets violent, which I wished it would have been the whole way through, because it's very campy horror. This is not like a serious take on horror. It's campy, it's funny, it's stupid and ridiculous. It's what you'd imagine a Foo Fighters... It's a Foo Fighters music video, basically. But it, I thought it was... you know, if it's, it's, it's just friends getting together making a movie. And uh, I thought that was pretty enjoyable. And I could see myself actually buying this and watching it around Halloween. It fits in with like movies like Splice and... Not Splice. Slice. Splice is that weird one I have never actually seen. Slice. Where, with, with the pizza place and a bunch of comedians. Um, Will Forte's got a, a funny cameo in this as a guy that's, uh, he's a delivery person for like DoorDash or Grubhub or whatever. And then uh, he's very obsessed with the Foo Fighters. So that adds some comedy to it. Uh, I recommend it. I thought it was fun. It's it's not the best horror movie you've ever, you've ever seen or even the best horror comedy, but it was enjoyable. I was smiling most of the time while I watched it. Um, it was It was good stuff. A movie I watched just this past weekend, uh, the biggest one on Netflix. I think it's the number one movie on Netflix right now. Uh, the Gray Man. Oh, man. Hey, sunshine. Mm. You must be Lloyd. What gave it away? The white pants, the trash dash. It just, it leans Lloyd. Where's the drive? Directed by the Russo brothers, who did some of the biggest uh, Marvel movies, starring Captain America himself, Chris Evans, and also Ryan Gosling, who's currently not in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but he is going to be a Ken doll, which is fun. Um, the I didn't really like this movie that much. Like, there's some decent action moments. There's some that's that are very fake looking. Uh, the fighting, like hand to hand fighting, and some of the the gun play is fun. Uh, I really thought Ryan Gosling was good in it. He's kind of just the weird Ryan Gosling character that he does. Uh, I, I would say if this guy was related to his character from The Nice Guys, I wouldn't be surprised. They're very similar characters. Uh, Chris Evans' character, however, uh, is very against type, and he's having a ball doing it. He's a psychotic hitman going after Ryan Gosling's character, who's also a hitman. Um, he finds out things he's not supposed to know about the CIA, blah, blah, blah. You know the story. This is a very paint-by-numbers 
spy movie. Anna Darmus is also in it. She's really good in it. Like, she excels at action. Her very brief time in the last James Bond movie made me love her more than anything because I was like, she's really good at this. Like, she's super fun in these roles. Um, I liked her. I liked the main people, but all the side characters were awful. Like, so the guy from Bridgerton, Roger Jean Page, I think I said that name right. He plays Carmichael, like the head bad guy. He's terrible. It, it, it seemed like a, every time he was on, it seemed like a TV movie. And same with Jessica Henwick, who she was in Iron Fist. She's literally the only thing I liked in Iron Fist. I thought she was really good in that. But just I, maybe it's just that her and the other guy are together the whole time. And maybe it's just not working. But the, every time that they had a scene, I was like, ugh, this is not good. Billy Bob Thornton is in it. He's got a, a, a side role, which I feel like. It, they're going to do a sequel and maybe they'll explore his character a little bit more. And like they do a whole bunch of, it feels like a whole bunch of different action movie tropes stuck together. Like the agent, the guys going against the agency or the agency's going against their, their spy. And then said another spy to get him. And there's also like, there's like a taken element also. And there's like a father figure mentor who may or may not be bad. Like it's every, I feel like it's every action movie cliche wrapped in a too long of a movie i mean it's only two hours i don't know it's like the stuff that we don't get that i think there should be more of i want more but i don't like i want more of certain things and less of others and i guess we're gonna get more i don't know that i'll rush to see it but i like ryan gosling and i like chris evans when they finally fight i thought that was good and it was a bit more unexpected than i thought uh, i was gonna see but it's there's some funny moments. I thought they did have some funny lines, but honestly, I'm not gonna really remember this movie. Like that other one, I think I may have done a review of a long time ago with The Rock and Ryan Reynolds and uh, Giselle from Fast and Furious. You might know her as Wonder Woman, and I can't think of her name. Gal, Gal Gadot. Uh, Gal Gadot. I don't. I liked it at the time. I don't remember jack about it now i don't remember anything about that movie that's kind of the way these netflix movies are like they're very disposable like they're fine at the time but then if somebody asked me what was really going on about this movie i'd be like no i don't know ryan gosling says something he looks stoic chris evans is nuts anna diarmas kicks ass and she's very pretty and the girl from once upon a time in hollywood's in it but not enough that's what i would say about this movie and then uh here's a movie that i i planned on calling this a rewatch I bought the uh, 30th anniversary, 35th or whatever, of Heathers, the movie Heathers with Winona Ryder and Christian Slater. As I'm watching it, I realize I've never seen this movie. I've seen parts of this movie, and I was shocked. that I. It was one of those weird movies where I, I, as I'm watching it, I'm like, you know what? I've never seen this whole thing. I thought I had. This happened to me a couple years ago with The Shining. I thought I had seen it when I was younger, and it turns out I had just seen part of it, but never the whole thing. Uh, I loved Heather's. I thought it was hilarious. It's very of its time, uh, but oddly relevant today. With uh, it deals a lot with like school violence and suicide and bitchy girls and head guys, and it's so shouldn't be as relevant today as it is, but it is. And Winona Ryder is so good in that movie. Christian Slater is such a psychopath in that movie. You're psychotic you say tomato i say tomato shannon doherty just before she was brenda on 90210 and you could see it 
you could see it coming a mile away. So I really can't recommend Heather's enough. I that was probably out of all the movies I'm talking about today, Heather's was probably my favorite. It's just Heather, why can't we talk to different kinds of people? Me gently with the chainsaw. Do I look like Mother Teresa? And then I bought a bunch of movies off of Kino Lorber. They had a sale not that long ago. And I was like, okay, I'll just get these movies. I thought maybe Sean and I might talk about some of these sometime. But there's a movie that has an amazing cover called Dirty O'Neill, The Love Life of a Cop. This movie's silly. It's a grindhouse movie from the 70s. Um, it's not porn, although it does sound like it, especially with this. Some women make offers a cop can't refuse. You know my room at the hotel? You bring your little book, because we're going to break some little laws. Take your clothes off. You watch some action? You're just trying to talk me to death. They want a public servant who serves, and serves, and serves. It's the story of Dirty O'Neill, the love life of a cop. Because here's, here's how this movie plots out. The cop does a cop thing, then he goes and does a lady thing. Then it's a cop thing, then it's a lady thing. Cop thing, lady thing. It just goes back and forth. I mean, it does seem like it is somewhat of a dirty movie, but it, it always seems to pan away or fade away uh, when it's just getting good. Uh, but it was fun. It was a fun grindhouse movie. I've watched lots of movies, lots of like drive-in type of movies like this, and I thought it was more one of the more entertaining ones. A movie, man, I thought would be much better than it is, but I also considered the fact that I'd never heard of it. Jeff Bridges, Rosanna Arquette, Andy Garcia, Eight Million Ways to Die. Where is Sarah? You don't make the rules here today, baby. Jeff Bridges, star of Jacket Edge and Starman. You're going to blow the deal, man. Roseanne Arquette, star of Desperately Seeking Susan and Silverado. You got Sonny killed. They're in trouble. In love. For a, a half-assed hooker, you're an extremely arrogant woman, you know that? And in way over their heads. It's murder, prostitution, drugs, and passion. Announcing the video cassette release of a sensational detective thriller. Now get loose! What? Hope we love you, baby. <laughs> Anything can happen when there's eight million ways to die. It looked good. The cover's awesome. It just wasn't very good. Jeff Bridges plays like this hardened cop who's also an alcoholic. And the first time you meet him, like, he shoots a guy in front of his family. It's like, what? I mean, he's a criminal. But, you know, he chased him back to his house. And then he has to shoot the guy in front of his family at breakfast. It's up and I was like all right I picked the right movie um and then he gets involved with this prostitute that wants to stay with him and she ends up murdered and there's this other prostitute played Rosanna Arquette who is just full-on 80s Rosanna Arquette that Toto would make a song about like it's got some cool things in it but from everything I watched in the behind the scenes and I've read about like there was so much trouble behind the scenes in the movie and it just kind of fell apart and it wasn't quite what they would hoped it would end up being Andy Garcia occasionally has this, these breakout moments where he's a complete psychopath. It's cheesy. It's funny. But, um, yeah, I wanted more out of this one. Like, man, Jeff Bridges, Xander Arquette, how could this go wrong? But I guess there was a lot of problems behind the scenes that caused this movie to uh, become the garbage that it is. It was originally written by Oliver Stone, but I guess they barely used any of it. And it was directed by Hal Ashby who made Shampoo and Coming Home and a bunch of stuff uh, back in the 60s and 70s that were really, really good. Uh, and then there were issues with him in the studio, and he ended up getting like taken off before the end of the movie. 
and there was like lawsuits and it was it was sounds like everything could have gone wrong making this movie it wasn't terrible like i could see myself giving this another look especially for andy garcia i thought he was pretty good in it um but i don't know jeff bridges isn't like the nicest guy in the world in it like he's not in a lot of things but like the character is just not like he's a recovering alcoholic but then binges every once in a while and kind of treats women like so i i was hard getting getting into it a movie I've known about for a long time and I'd never seen it. From the creators of Police Academy, I bought Moving Violations. You people are without a doubt the worst drivers in the world. And your moving violations prove it. You will not get your licenses back until you pass this course in our traffic school. Never be able to make it. None of them will. You think we're finished? Washed up? History? Well, I've got news for you. It's not over till it's over. Every one of you is a menace. Come on, This has totally ruined sex for me for the rest of my life. I'll get you, you little whip. Moving violations. If I were you, I'd get used to public transportation. Uh, it had Jennifer Tilly in it. It had John Murray, that is uh, Bill Murray's brother. Back in the 80s, there were there was a real effort to get Bill Murray's brothers over big time, to use a wrestling term. I wanted to get them to become just the big main event stars that Bill Murray was. Um, didn't happen, and I can see why. So John Murray, he, he's also in Scrooge. He plays Bill Murray's brother in Scrooge. He is, uh, I thought this movie was funny. Like, the writing, I thought was funny. The jokes and setups, I thought were pretty good. However, John Murray has no charisma whatsoever. And it's like he's doing the flattest impression of Bill Murray I've ever seen. Like, everything we had seen of Bill Murray to that point, which this was 1985, so a lot of good Bill Murray stuff had come out by this point. And John's just kind of doing, he's just sort of doing the same type of stuff. It takes place mostly in a uh, traffic school, which I thought would be kind of funny, but they're not in it as much as you'd think. There's hijinks. It's got an Animal House vibe to it as well. Um, like the people that made Police Academy, Bachelor Party, a lot of stuff like that, um, I thought I'd like it. James Keach is in it. He plays the uh, the cop that pulls over Clark in vacation with the dog. Uh, Sally Kellerman's in it from Back to School. Like I said, Jennifer Tilly. The sister from Back to the Future, Marty's sister, is in it. And she's really funny in a lot of different things, uh, especially um, Bachelor Party. I, I thought she was funny in Bachelor Party. Fred Ward's in this. I love Fred Ward. Um, I, I mean, just looking at the cast again, I'm like, maybe I was wrong. Maybe this movie's good. It's not bad. Like I said, I found it funny, and I thought the writing was good. But no, there's a little old lady that can barely see, you know, that old gag. Um and I thought the jokes were okay. It's just didn't have the best people delivering them. Very early Jennifer Tilly, too, uh, which I like seeing her. But I, I do miss having a killer doll with her. Um, but those are things I've been watching. This is the stuff I've been doing. I have started re-watching uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I wanted to do that after Nope. Uh, I started it, though, and I was tired, and I knew I was going to fall asleep. So I paused it and then took a nap, and I, I just haven't gone back to it. I also started Gross Point Blank. One Night Before Bed, and I haven't gotten back to that, but I love Gross Point Blank. I would pro I'm would i probably going to do a double feature episode 
with Gross Point Blank and Romy Michelle's High School Reunion because they both came out at the same time. They're both about 10-year reunions, but they're very different movies. Um, so there's that. And also, I uh, did a guest spot on my friend's YouTube show. So look up Simmer Mike, all caps, all one word. It was very fun. We talked about the Andor teaser trailer that came out recently for the new Star Wars series. And we talk about all about Star Wars. Talk all about Star Wars. We talk a lot about, uh, we talk a little bit about Batman and Batgirl and that crazy fiasco that is now not going to be ever seen by anybody. Uh, we talk about all that stuff. So check it out. Uh, look up Simmer Mike on YouTube. Watch the video. Subscribe to his stuff. And then, you know, do the same for me. Subscribe, share, do all that business. And I will talk to you next week. The Rewatch Podcast is an Alpha Media production.